welcome to this new episode of Readmagine, the podcast program by the GSR Foundation about innovation on publishing and reading. On today's episode of Readmagine, we have the honor of welcoming once again Rudiger Wieschenbart, one of the most prestigious voices in the analysis on the reality of the publishing industry within the world. On this occasion, Wieschenbart shares his analysis about the trends in the international publishing market during 2021. In this industry, things are somewhat more complicated than what can be seen by the naked eye, which is why Rudiger Wieschenbart recommends that we ask ourselves the following questions. What do we see, really? What is our perspective? What are our assumptions? What do we fail to see? Is there anything within the publishing sector that we are overlooking? Uh, well, as Jose Manuel mentioned, I've uh, had the pleasure to speak at this meeting a few times. And in a way, I was a little bit intrigued if I might just be lazy this time and take my slides from November of last year and repeat them because some of the topics haven't changed at all uh, during that half year. And perhaps some of you might remind, uh, remember, uh, I ran uh, in my presentation of last November across titles of, of uh, children books, of classical children books, uh, to match their stories to our evolution. But then I said, no, um, I would love to be lazy, but it might not be good enough because uh, there are some things uh, in the development uh, that are that, that require more attention and fresh thinking. It's not good enough to say, okay, there was the pandemic and the pandemic had uh, accelerated the digital transformation, all these things that we've been discussing for the past uh, two years, basically, uh, this is not good enough because there are some things in the making that require a new look. Um, I brought to you as an opening some headlines that I've been collecting uh, from the trade uh, press over the past few months where at the early weeks and months of this year in 2022, uh, it, the trade press was quite jubilant by writing, oh, uh, 2021 has been a really strong year, um, outperforming in some regards even 2019. So that very dire moment of um, uh, lockdowns, people staying at home, being uh, torn between the kids uh, who don't go to school and the daily business that they had to um, work about from a screen on their uh, on their kitchen uh, desks. Um, that was a short interruption, uh, but now we are back in full force, and uh, therefore. So many people were jubilant by uh, crying out success, success, success. 
there were positive growth rates all around and uh, everything looked fine. But as soon as I looked a little bit more closely to these numbers, it occurred to me that it was the message that we could take out from these industry statistics was a bit more complicated indeed. Uh, and here I'm referring to that, what is here, sorry, what is here at the bottom, uh, which in the case of Germany pointed to an opening gap. The overall book market was indeed positively uh, developing. It, there was some growth even by comparison to 2019, but the gap was the market as in, in, in full was good, but uh, the sales of uh, the brick-and-mortar retail, uh, the, the, the bookshops um, uh, where consumers used to walk, uh, and, and, and take the books and uh, use these shops also for their, discover, uh, their, their discovery of new titles, of new points of interest, they had been really going down, down, down in the two-digit. And that was not only the case for Germany, but for quite a few markets. So what happened? The shift to digital had been so strong uh, that it compensated these losses in the brick and mortar sales. Uh, but that showed that the infrastructure of the brick and mortar retail must have been damaged quite a bit. And to my surprise, that, did, uh, that didn't really um, get a lot of coverage in the, in the, in the, in the media. Uh, in my understanding, however, that showed we have really some friction, some deep trouble in the makeup, in the infrastructure uh, of our industry. And then uh, we could do, uh, thanks to a German um, uh, market research company, Media Control, a long-time study of print sales um, for uh, 10 years uh, between... 2011 and 2021, we could review how the, uh, the, the, the print sales um, um, uh, evolved. And uh, already uh, yesterday I mentioned uh, when usually when publishers do statistics, they love to put their focus on sales, on revenue, on euros. Uh, I prefer for some reasons to look more into volume, in the number of copies that have been successfully distributed. Why that? Because when you replace one, uh, uh, one book by another, for, from, a, from a reader's point of view, it consumes the same amount of time if it's a trade paperback, a mass paperback, an e-book, or a hardcover. In terms of revenue, of course, publishers prefer selling the more expensive hardcovers. Not necessarily uh, that is true for the consumer's point of view. So looking into the volume sales gives you a much more accurate um, uh, uh, representation of what's really going on in terms of the big shifts and the, the big transformations in the market. And here you see the, the, the columns represent uh, 
month by month by month uh, the, uh, the, the volume sales over the last 10 years. And you see, for instance, in the high season at the end of the year, uh, the, the Christmas sales, a very steep decline that is continuous uh, over one decade. And uh, it shows you that the, the, the drop of 2020, of the lockdowns, of the first season of uh, the pandemic, wasn't so extraordinary uh, indeed. It was just the continuation of a decline that we uh, witness for a long period of time. The same happens um, uh, to, uh, to spring, March and, uh, and April, where you have the Easter holidays, the high season of children book sales. Uh, again, you have a decline for quite some time. So the, in the fabric of our industry, things are quite a bit more compli uh, complicated than it, uh, it was visible at first glance. And that is the reason why I said to myself, no, I can't uh, just continue where I uh, left you in November. Uh, I'm a little bit late because I don't know exactly what's going on, but I have a very clear sense that things are more complicated than it appears, and I try to find out. So uh, the questions that I try to ask is, on the one hand, what do we see really in these shifts? What is our perspective? That is the volume versus value uh, representation. I think to be more clear, more honest, uh, it makes sense not just to, see, uh, to, to look at the, at, the, uh, at the euros, but what audiences, which are measured by volume more accurately, what audiences do we reach and which audience do we not reach, and what are our assumptions? What is our brain making of this? And then... A very important question, which is very, very often uh, overlooked. What do we miss to see? Is there something in the industry, in the book trade, that we don't really see when we look at the normal numbers that are reported? And here, a few weeks ago, I had an idea uh, to make a very simple, banal test. Uh, again, for the case of Germany... Uh, the uh, leading trade magazine, magazine Buchreport, uh, with uh, the help of uh, media control, um, uh, produced an e-book best-selling list and was uh, producing a top 20 list of the most popular e-books at a given time. I think it was in, 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 in March, yes. And uh, I took the top, uh, the top 20 titles here. I just um, uh, project uh, the top five, but I did it for the complete list of, 25, uh, of 20 titles, and I compared uh, the, uh, the, 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 the sales rank of these uh, best-selling e-book titles from Buchreport to the sales ranking of Amazon. Yeah? And uh, Amazon has two different lists. One is uh, a list where all the free reading, etc., is included as well. That was not of my interest. I was just taking those sales ranks of books sold by Amazon, e-books. Yeah? And you see that the number, uh, number one, two, three, four, five titles are fairly down in the ranks of Amazon. So what does this mean? It means that there is an entire part, which is very popular with readers, 
that normally we just don't see. We miss out on this. So uh, we can deduct from that surprise that that entire, I call it very in a very neutral way, non-traditional part of the book industry over the past decade or so has really established itself. It is not just self-publishing, but it includes self-publishing. It is just anything that does not go through the pipes of the traditional publishers. So what we see here, and that's the lesson that I take out of this, is that we have uh, not a complete ecosystems a system anymore of books and reading that consists of one way of creating and disseminating this, but it's like a sea with many islands, and these islands are partly very far away from each other. They are detached. And the, the ecosystems on each of these islands can be highly diverse. So it's a complete change in our understanding. It's not, the book world is not one universe, but it's an amalgam of a lot of different things. And even if we compare apples and pears here, because the methodology behind these, uh, these ranks here is very, very uh, different, it might make a lot of sense to sometimes not only look at the books of the traditional uh, publishing ecosystem, but of the entire thing. And that is one of the starting points why already a few years ago, and thanks, among others, uh, with the help of um, uh, José Manuel Anta and the um, uh, association of uh, distributors that he runs, we started to do a digital consumer book barometer where we work with a number of uh, digital distributors who are usually here, uh, Bookwire, Demark in Canada, Libranda in Spain, Edigita in Italy, who are also sponsors of this uh, report, and they give us their sales numbers for ebooks and for audiobooks, and we can slice and dice them and aggregate them uh, uh, in order to understand some of the trends. And that's what I'm uh, talking about now for the second half of my talk. That's uh, so far unreleased, brand new digital uh, consumer book barometer that we are rolling out these days in, in the next couple of weeks. It's almost finished, not, not entirely. And where we try it, primarily to understand the dynamics over the, uh, in ebooks and audiobook sales over the past two years, what happened before the dynamic, uh, the, the pandemic in 2018, 2019, during the pandemic and now. And what we see <coughs> is by now in many different markets like, like um, Italy, Germany, Spain, and Latin America and Brazil, uh, something that we had a huge push in sales, an increase uh, when uh, the pandemic started because bookshops were closed, people wanted to read and uh, found that online more easily. Uh, and that uh, did not continue to, uh, to grow in 2021 over, um, over uh, 2020, but it 
got stable and we have now a level in by the end of 2021 or in early 2022, which is clearly a new normal that is here to stay and which is distinctively higher than what we had before. And then we were going into the details. You see, for instance, here, uh, based on, on, on data from Libranda and from Bookwire, uh, that curve where we have the surge in, in, in 2020 and the creation of a new normal which is higher in 21. But we, uh, you see also on the right side, hand side, there was this huge peak of download sales of ebooks, uh, in uh, the first and second quarter of 2020 in the lockdowns. Uh, uh but the whole thing really became a very stable new level. Uh, the second thing is, I mentioned the first, uh, these, these, these numbers represent download sales, but that is not the only way how today ebooks and audiobooks are consumed. And we will hear from Eric, I'm sure, in a moment afterwards, uh, much more about these continuous models of subscription. We already addressed the topic of um, uh, library lendings of e-books and audiobooks, which has become uh, a topic of controversy uh, very strongly in several markets like Germany. And we see that these non-traditional, continuous, access-driven uh, ways of consumption and distribution uh, are even growing more decisively. And that is not just the fact in one country where we can see, uh, say, like, like Sweden, okay, that's the exception of Scandinavia, that has become a pattern in many different territories. We see ebook subscriptions, streaming, and purchases by, of ebooks by libraries to go up uh, also, for instance, in Germany. Uh, one caveat, just to, to, to have a very clear understanding of the numbers, what I'm uh, showing you here is not the number of loans, how many people grabbed an ebook on a, a public library, it's the number of titles bought, purchased by the libraries, so where the money has been made and given to the publishers, and also here we have a clear increase. Uh, we see this also in countries and markets which are definitely much different from, from, from Germany or Spain, like in Brazil. And we see that uh, there the, the, the upswing in uh, those continuous ways of consumption are even more drastic than uh, in Western Europe. Why is this important? You could say, okay, we don't care if uh, people download and buy for, uh, for, uh, pay for the downloads or if they consume it. Well, subscription, lending, streaming, which we used to have uh, only in music or in video on demand, they are uh, a totally different approach from a consumer's perspective in how, do, how you access the reading material. It's about access. Going in a library means you just pay, you organize your intentions around 
accessing something, not by a per title basis. You don't say, I want to have that one bestseller novel, or I want to have that nonfiction title. Uh, but you, the, the fundamental first step in your decision making is to say, I want to have a subscription a library card, I want to be able to access a huge amount of titles. And that changes everything, the economics, but also the discovery, etc., etc. And that brings about that also the genre categories that uh, are most popular in these, uh, in these uh, models change. When we speak about ebooks for the last 10 years or so, uh, there was the gospel that ebooks, this is a little bit this crappy thing, uh, particularly outside of the English language uh, markets, this crappy thing of genre fiction, romance and, uh, and, and fantasy, uh, the, the not serious stuff. But what we see now over the past two years of the pandemic is uh, in the, in the uh, turquoise, and uh, the black part, that it's, uh, in that case, in the case of French-speaking Canada from the Marc, uh, it's the serious reading that readers were looking for in, uh, in the e-book side. So suddenly, different genre categories, which are much more mainstream in the print side, have become fixtures and important drivers of growth in the ebook side. We see the same here, uh, what we saw in French-speaking Canada, uh, uh, again, in uh, Spain and Latin America. Uh, and uh, we see also what uh, seemed to be not really relevant. A lot of non-fiction, the dark blue here, um, uh, appearing in ebook sales, download sales. And then the purple on top is children and young adult reading. And that is very important to me because it shows from a marketing perspective that there are new, not only just new categories that uh, might be of uh, economic relevance, it allows to be much more experimental in your marketing by saying, okay, I need to understand, uh, like in the print world, the different dynamics, the different segmented audiences that I want to address. And uh, addressing a children book market means something completely different, of course, uh, in, in, uh, uh, in marketing by comparison to an adult market. Yeah? And we saw in Brazil, and here Brazil is totally different from all the rest of the markets that we surveyed, the, the green on the bottom is educational. Educational, and that includes in the in the Brazilian uh, market also a lot of religion, self-improvement. Sometimes the the um, distinction is blurred between the dark blue on top, which is non-fiction, again including some of the very popular religious stuff in Brazil, but also including some of the self-improvement. So suddenly we see that uh, things that are far away from romance, fantasy, science fiction become very relevant in digital. And when I say digital and not audiobooks or ebooks, this is because in my understanding, we have increasingly uh, complex 
digital realm that has several formats. It has e-books, it, it has audiobooks, it has different business models like sales, download sales or subscription, etc. So it's getting a really complex, multifaceted and diverse universe of digital uh, publishing. And we see in audiobooks the same uh, patterns that are uh, uh, that became familiar with uh, with us of initial growth and then the establishment uh, of a new uh, normal, which is much higher than before the pandemic. And we see, in the, again, in the case of Brazil, not just growth, but we, uh, we see that, indeed, uh, the new drivers are those access-driven things like streaming, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh, streaming subscription lendings, which complement the download sales. When I say, uh, uh, one, again, one little distinction that I must make between streaming and subscription. Subscription is you subscribe like in the library to a catalog. Streaming is, uh, when you, uh, suddenly fit the books, the, the audiobooks in that case, to music, like on Spotify. So that means uh, that uh, you have a different setup, and it makes a lot of sense in more granular analysis to make that distinction. But what we see altogether is that in the case of Latin America, Brazil, Spain, Mexico, uh, the real drivers of growth have become those access-driven continuous models. And that is even more true for the audiobook uh, than for the ebook side. And we all know, that's no big news uh, in, in such a community as ours, that audiobooks are the big driver of growth since three, four years. And again, we see in audiobooks new um, uh, genres like here again in green, the educational stuff that is really putting the steam behind the engine. So that's what I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, it is, when I said it's almost the same like last year, but the dynamics have become, have stabilized and with the new genre categories that became so popular, like education, children, uh, with the really consistent pattern of continuous delivery uh, driving the growth, we see a different setup that uh, makes the life exciting in the digital book publishing. Uh, so we have digital growth, we have a new level of digital normal, and we have, we see very similar patterns and trends in highly diverse markets. Uh, and diverse markets means by geography, but also by uh, cultural setup of these markets. So in my understanding, it means that is something that is fairly robust, uh, robust and will give us, will we'll reframe the world that we are uh, working with. And uh, that is quite good news, but it requires a lot of 
more granular, diverse attention in building a title catalog, in uh, producing all these different formats, in distributing these different formats, and as well in marketing different genre categories to different segmented audiences that we want to reach. And access is the new exciting but also key to success and not just having a catalog. You need to organize that access. So here I conclude with some <coughs> conclusions uh, that are similar to what I presented to you in November. It's here, here I could be lazy with good conscience, uh, consciousness in repeating. Uh, we must ask new questions uh, regarding what audiences, what uh, channels, what genre categories we are working with. We must, uh, we must risk new perspectives because otherwise we are just missing the point of very large parts of the market. Uh, we are in a new transforming digital landscape which is multi-format, multi-channel, multi-business model and that's a very highly connected dynamic digital ecosystem we are working with and it's the infrastructure versus the creation. Yeah, uh, Your job is not the gatekeeper like the old publishers who say, oh, this is a good book. That's not the role anymore. It's providing an infrastructure. Thank you very much. And don't <coughs> just uh, take uh, a note on that global-ebook.com. Uh, we will send you a note in a couple of weeks when that new digital consumer parameter is uploaded here and you can have it. And I have to thank my partners and uh, sponsors, Bookwire, Demarc, Libranda, the International P uh, Publishing Distribution Association, and as a data contributing partner, eDigita. Thank you very much for your attention.